Harbinger here. Welcome back to Superhero University. This is Lesson 15, Relationships. Superheroes understand that meaningful relationships require love and loyalty. Let's play a game. What would you do? Scenario 1. What if you witnessed a girl getting physically abused by her angry boyfriend or husband and it was obvious she wanted him to stop, yet it was also obvious he had no intentions of stopping? Would you step in and help her? What if she specifically asked you to help her? What if he warned you to stay out of the situation? Would the size of the man determine your decision? Would the size of the problem determine your desire to seek a solution? Scenario 2. What if you witnessed a group of about five people bullying a boy? Would you try to help the boy or walk away out of fear of also being bullied? What if you saw the boy with a bloody nose? What if the boy was crying and looking terrified? Would you seek a solution when it seems as if the odds are against you? Scenario 3. What if a good friend told you that he saw your mom kissing a man at a restaurant, but that man was not her husband, your dad? What if your friend even showed you a picture as proof? Would you be willing to confront the wrong even if that means addressing family or someone in a position of authority? Scenario 4. What if your wife confessed to you that she had cheated on you with another man and she found out she is pregnant from that other man's seed? She tells you it was a stupid mistake, she is filled with remorse and regret, she loves you, she wants you to forgive her, and that she only wants to be with you. Because you already have three children with her, you want to restore the relationship and make your marriage work. She then asks you to drive her to the abortion clinic so that the mistake can be terminated. Would you drive her there? Would you also desire to terminate the life growing within her? Or would you value life and defend the defenseless? Scenario 5. What if you received a phone call and the mystery person on the other end of the line knew where you were and what you were wearing and then directed you to a briefcase with a hundred thousand dollars inside of it? And then the mystery person told you that you could keep the money but someone you don't know will die. Or you can leave the money and the person you don't know will live. Would you take the money and allow someone you don't know to die? Would you choose to save a life and walk away from the money? Now, in order for me to be able to teach this lesson, you will need to read 1 Samuel chapter 20. Yes, the entire chapter. But don't worry, it's only 42 verses. So right now, pause this and then go read 1 Samuel chapter 20. Did you read 1 Samuel chapter 20? Good. Now before I get into the lesson, I want to provide you with some background information just in case you are unfamiliar with the context surrounding the scripture I'll be using for the lesson. The Israelites demanded to have a king just like all the other surrounding nations, 1 Samuel 8, 5. Saul was chosen by the people to be king because he was wealthy, influential, tall, and handsome, 1 Samuel 9, 1-2. But he failed to be the king God needed him to be for his people. 1 Samuel 13, 13-14 After allowing Saul to fail on his own, God anointed David to replace Saul as the future king. 1 Samuel 16, 13 
Saul saw the anointing upon David's life and became insanely jealous and tried to kill David a few times. However, since Saul was unsuccessful in killing David by his own power, 1 Samuel 18.11, he tried to get others to kill David for him, 1 Samuel 19.1. But Jonathan, Saul's own son and heir to the throne, being a righteous man, stood up to his father on David's behalf. 1 Samuel 19, 4-5 Saul let it go that particular night, but then he tried to kill David yet again on a different night. And this time, Saul's own daughter, Michael, helped David escape. So this brings us to the point in the story when David and Jonathan's relationship becomes a real relationship. So let's examine 1 Samuel chapter 20. Verse 2, Jonathan showed loyalty to his father. He didn't want to believe that his dad would do anything as awful as what David claimed Saul had done. Verse 3, Jonathan came to a crossroad. What would he do? Would he deny, reject David's words, or would he consider his words and investigate further? Verse 4, Jonathan shows great character by making a decision to keep an open mind to discovering the truth. Jonathan shows loyalty to David by asking him what he can do for him. Verse 8, Take notice that loyalty to the Lord supersedes loyalty to either Jonathan's earthly father or best friend. At this very moment, David is challenging Jonathan to choose what's right based on loyalty to the Lord, even if that means going against his earthly father's will. In the NLT, in Matthew 10, 34-42, the supreme superhero says, don't imagine that I came to bring peace to the earth. I came not to bring peace, but a sword. I have come to set a man against his father, a daughter against her mother, and a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. Your enemies will be right in your own household. If you love your father or mother more than you love me, you are not worthy of being mine. Or if you love your son or daughter more than me, you are not worthy of being mine. If you refuse to take up your cross and follow me, you are not worthy of being mine. If you cling to your life, you will lose it, but if you give up your life for me, you will find it. Anyone who receives you receives me, and anyone who receives me receives the Father who sent me. If you receive a prophet as one who speaks for God, you will be given the same reward as a prophet. And if you receive righteous people because of their righteousness, you will be given a reward like theirs. And if you give even a cup of cold water to to one of the least of my followers, you will surely be rewarded. Now, the scripture from the book of Matthew seems harsh on the surface. However, deeper examination reveals a simple truth. When it comes to making a decision, we need to come into alignment with God's will because God's will is the absolute moral standard and is what is best and right. If we choose anyone or anything over God, we're choosing to do evil. Why? Apart from God, there is no good. So in verse 9 of 1 Samuel chapter 20, 
Jonathan makes the right decision by declaring that he would side with David if his father was in the wrong. This doesn't mean that he isn't loyal to his father, it simply means that he is loyal to God over everything and everyone else. In verses 12 to 13, take notice of Jonathan's loyalty to the Lord. In verse 17, Jonathan loved David as he loved himself. Now why is that considered to be loyalty to the Lord? Examine the scriptures. In Matthew 22:39, Jesus told us that the most important commandment was twofold, love God and love others as you love yourself. Jonathan was obeying the greatest commandment by choosing to love David more than he loved himself. But wait, doesn't scripture tell us to honor our parents in Exodus 20:12, Ephesians 6, 1-3, and Colossians 3:20? Well, yes, it does. However, it is also written in Ezekiel 20, 18-19 that we are not to imitate ungodly examples set by our parents because the Lord is the ultimate example and absolute moral standard we are to reflect. So in verse 23, Understand this, God is the great witness to your loyalty to love. In verse 30, does the Bible actually say what I think it says? Yep, it sure does. Saul called his own child a son of a whore. This is one of the many reasons I love God's word. It is real and honest and doesn't hide the truth. What can we learn from what is real and honest? Only everything. Now in verse 30, there are two important things to take away from this one verse. Number one, Saul accuses Jonathan of wanting David to become king. But would that matter even if it were true? Does it matter what we want? It doesn't. If our loyalty is to the Lord, then we will find ourselves saying exactly what Jesus had said on the Mount of Olives in Luke 22:42. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. And number two, Saul attempted to give Jonathan a guilt trip by bringing his mother into the conversation. Understand this, those influenced by evil will often attempt to give you a guilt trip in order to manipulate you to let go of your righteous convictions for an unrighteous compromise. And if you desire to please people, you will be more susceptible to compromising your character. In verse 31, Saul speaks to Jonathan's prideful desires by reminding him that he will never be king unless his competition is eliminated. Think about it. This was the same tactic Satan used to tempt Jesus while he was in the wilderness in Matthew 4, 8-10. You can have everything you've ever wanted. Now think about what that actually meant for Jonathan. As king, he would possess all power, could have anything he wanted, could do anything he wanted, go anywhere he wanted to go, and could even satisfy his lustful desires with as many women as he wanted. Jonathan could fulfill every desire he ever had if he chose to help his father kill David. What would you do? Before you answer, let me remind you of the truthful and wise words of our Lord and Savior who is the supreme superhero. 
In Matthew 16:26, he said, And what do you benefit if you gain the whole world but lose your own soul? Is anything worth more than your soul? Now, back to 1 Samuel chapter 20. In verse 32, reminiscent of Jesus overcoming temptation, Jonathan decides to stay loyal to the Lord and do what's right by maintaining a real relationship with David. Why? Loyalty to love is loyalty to the Lord. Was his decision easy? No. Did he make the right decision? Yes. But sometimes the hardest thing and the right thing are one and the same. In verse 33, Saul threw a spear at his own son intending to kill him. Ponder on that. If Saul was willing to kill his own son, was he truly concerned about Jonathan becoming king as he had claimed? Whose kingdom was Saul really concerned about? His own. Saul was only concerned about his own desires. This much was evident in verse 31 when Saul said, Get him so I can kill him. That one word, I, tells us everything we need to know about Saul. While David had served him faithfully and sang songs in obedience, the only song Saul knew how to sing was me, 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 me. Eventually, Jonathan finally realized the sad truth about his father. But Jonathan also realized more than ever whose kingdom he needed to be concerned about. In Matthew 6.33, the supreme superhero says, Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously, and he will give you everything you need. Back to 1 Samuel chapter 20, in verse 34, Jonathan left the presence of his father terribly upset. However, he wasn't upset because his father tried to kill him. Rather, he was upset because of the way his father was acting toward David. We already saw in verse 17 that Jonathan loved David as he loved himself, but this is the action that backs up those words. So what would Jonathan do now? What should he do? What would you do? The answer is written in Micah 6, 8. No, O people, the Lord has told you what is good, and this is what he requires of you, to do what is right, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. The friendship that David and Jonathan had with each other is what all superheroes should strive to achieve with each other. In this lesson alone, there are four main qualities that make this friendship a real relationship. Number one, though David had been anointed to be the future king, he still had a servant's heart and chose to bow down in respect to Jonathan. Verse 41, likewise, Jonathan was willing to serve David. Verse 4, number two, Jonathan loved David as he loved his own soul. Verses 17 and 34. When the Pharisees asked Jesus what the greatest commandment was, Jesus told them that we are to love God with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength, but we are also to love our neighbor as we would love ourselves, and that everything hangs on those two commandments. Matthew 22, 36-40 Number 3. David and Jonathan grieved for each other and desired to live life with shared suffering. Verses 34 and 41. Your pain is my pain. Your joy is my joy, etc. Shared suffering means that we are in this war together. In fact, that's what marriage is all about. 
for better or worse, we are together. Number four, and at the center of it all, their relationship with God was the cement that held them together. Verses 16, 23, and 42. If we have a real relationship with the Savior, we will naturally have real relationships with others because we will desire to do God's will, which is the right thing to do. We show loyalty to the Lord by doing what's right. We show loyalty to the Savior by living a life of sacrificial love. So a real relationship does what is right by God and others by living a life of love. And this means we should have a servant's heart, love others as we love ourselves, share others' sufferings, and align ourselves with God's will. Now how do you apply this to your life? Think. Do you have conflicting demands for your loyalty, sexual attraction, money, alcohol, drugs, or even popularity? What if you see someone getting bullied by a popular person? I believe that deep down inside, you know you should defend the person getting bullied, but I'm also aware that many people also don't want to become unpopular and then become one of the people who will get bullied. So what would you do? What's the right thing to do? To whom will you show your loyalty? Hopefully by now you realize that the right thing to do is to act out of loyalty to love, to the Lord. Our loyalty to the Lord will determine which people should receive our love and loyalty. Would you choose to be loyal to your friend over your parents if the Holy Spirit led you to do so? After all, we are not to imitate ungodly examples even if they are our parents. But would you be loyal to your parents over your friends if the Holy Spirit led you to do that? Or would the sense of belonging and or popularity cause you to compromise and let go of your convictions? I challenge you to read Psalm 59. Yes, the entire chapter. Don't worry, it's only 17 verses. Now, chronologically, Psalm 59 was written by David after Michael, Saul's daughter, saved David from Saul. Read Psalm 59 and imagine that someone in your school or place of work wrote it. Think. One of those individuals could be a David, anointed by God for greater things, yet he or she is being persecuted by others. Imagine this person calling out to God for peace and protection from the persecution. Who do you know who needs love the most? Who is crying out for a savior? Who needs a superhero? Maybe it's even a homeless person you see while you're on your way to wherever you're going. God has a plan and a purpose for these people who need love the most. God is calling you to be the Jonathan for that David. In a real relationship, you will do whatever it takes to love that person as you love yourself. Think about the questions I'm about to ask you and answer them honestly, even if only for yourself. How is your relationship with God? Is it a real relationship? How does your real relationship with God affect your relationships with others? How many real relationships do you have with others? If you're not loving others, what do you think this says about your relationship with God? 
What would you risk losing in order to love people the way God commands us to love others? Would you risk losing your entire kingdom and chance at fulfilling your every desire if it meant loving someone the way the Savior calls us to do? In what ways can you decide to be loving toward those who need love the most? So ask yourself, do you have a servant's heart? Do you love others as you love yourself? Are you willing to share others' sufferings? Are you in alignment with God's will? All superheroes are loyal to love and thus loyal to the Lord. If you believe that it is more important to ensure the welfare of others than to build your own kingdom, then you possess one of the qualities of a superhero and you just might be one someday. Join me next time for Lesson 16. Thank you for listening to Superhero University, the ultimate superhero training manual. This entire training course, all 43 lessons, will be absolutely free of charge to all people who desire to become superheroes. However, in order to continue long term, we do rely on listener support. If you would like to partner with Superhero University as a financial backer to ensure that we can train up as many future superheroes as possible, you can give either a one-time or monthly tax-deductible donation by visiting pointlessthorns.wordpress.com or by simply clicking the link provided in our bio or about us section. May God continue to bless you as you continue to bless others.